Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. This is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up? This is the most musty WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. <laughs> and you are Going In Raw. What's up? It's your girl, Sasha Banks, legit boss, and you are watching Going In Raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. And you are tuned in to Going In Raw right now. How you doing? Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw View, the show here at YouTube.com forward slash Steve Larson, where we take old pay-per-views, preferably crap ones, or historically significant ones, mm-hmm. and uh, we review them, and uh, we choose, each of us chooses three on any given week, we put them up for vote for our $10 and up a month patrons, and they vote on which one we review. You can yeah. do that at Patreon.com forward slash Steve Larson. We also have... Other reward tiers ranging from $1 to $5 all the way up to $200,000, which isn't a real tier. Actually, $50 is our actual, like, our highest, highest real tier. tier. You get a t-shirt and a bunch of other crap. Uh, we're also available on at Pro Wrestling Tees, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash going in raw right now. Well, we've got a couple new designs, and we're just banging these things out. Yep. All sorts of great designs there, so check those out. Um, so, today... We're going to talk about a Halloween have WCW Halloween Havoc 1991. This was certainly an odd time for WCW. Yeah, it's interesting this early 90s WCW there's a lot good going on. Yeah, but there's also a lot of weird stuff going on. That's that to me that is music to my ears. Weird wrestling is my favorite version of wrestling. Yeah. Now this wasn't quite this is kind of, so I, I uh, when you get towards like 1989, they they suffered a massive blow when Ric Flair left. So mm-hmm. this is when Ric Flair was in WWF. He had left about uh, four months earlier or so. And I think he took was, the NWA World Title with him, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So the big gold belt that we all grew to know and love over the years, um, Ric Flair took that with him to WWF, and. Uh, at the at the Great American Bash, 
they were without a title. And so Dusty, Dusty Rhodes, had to use his, I think, Florida Championship Wrestling or Championship Wrestling in Florida, something like that, that title. And they awkwardly screwed some plates on top of it with the words World Championship Wrestling on it. Um, by the time we got to Halloween Havoc, however, the new WCW World Championship um, was, uh, they had created it. Yes. They crafted it. And Lex Luger won that against Barry Windham uh, when the title was vacated in Flair's absence. And so he walked into Halloween Havoc 1991 as WCW champion. Um, this was, like you said, this is a really weird pay-per-view. It kicked off with an infamous Chamber of Horrors well, Hold match. on, there's a lot that happened actually before that match started. Um, uh, your commentary team and host for the evening, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone. (laughs) And instantly there was talk of the WCW Halloween Phantom. Oh, yeah. They were big on the Halloween Phantom. is the Halloween Phantom? Nobody knew. Nobody knew. But we would find out during the show. Once he showed his masked... Once you saw one glimpse of his masked head, you knew exactly who it was. No doubt who it was. Talk Talk about the intro. Oh, yeah, the intro was the exact same as uh, Halloween Havoc 92, which we watched previously. Yeah. But some of the uh, the pictures of wrestlers, I think, were different. Well, yeah, they had some roster turnover. But the background was all the same. Yeah. Um, very early on, Barry Windham was attacked in yes, the parking lot. that's right. So we go to Eric Bischoff um, in the parking lot in a tuxedo. First. Like, well, hold on a second. Where's my? So maybe I split up my notes again because that's right. I forgot about that. Um, so he's out in the parking lot. First to pull up is Cactus Jack and Abdullah the Butcher. Why was Abdullah the Butcher wearing like a your stare like a nerd Halloween outfit? Oh, because maybe it's Halloween. He was dressed up like a, nobody else was acting. Well, okay, Bishop was dressed up like van, like a vampire. Yeah, and Missy it's Hyatt funny. was dressed up as something. What's funny is that it didn't take much for Bishop to look like a vampire. Like he just he he wore he put on a cape mm-hmm. and it was just, it was Bishop. <laughs> it was a vampire. Pretty much. He kind of already looks like a vampire. So next was uh, Diamond Dallas Page and the Diamond Stud Scott Hall. That does hold on. That let's go back there. That does bum me out though because the next Halloween Havoc we reviewed or ninety three or ninety two whatever it was ninety two yeah the very next year when Jesse Ventura was at commentary he had a Halloween costume on. Well, he had a cape on. He had a cape on. What, what was he like a vampire also? Yeah, but he just had a cape on. I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Um, so yeah, I I like that Bischoff was hanging out outside, and there was no indication that it was actually the valet. It looked like they were at a park of some sort. Yeah, could yeah. Be. Um, next after DDP and Scott Hall was Barry Windham mm-hmm. and Dustin Rhodes. That's right. Who drove up together? Uh, right as Windham's about to get out of the car, he was attacked by Arn Anderson and Larry Zabisco, the Enforcers. I like that. I like that. Now, I have no idea how they got together as a team. Was Larry ever a horseman? He wasn't, was he? I don't think so. I don't think he was either. I like because Arn Anderson's nickname was, of course, the Enforcer. So I like that Larry Zabisco, you know, say, hey, let's be a tag team. But what, what should we call us? Well, they call me the Enforcer. Oh, perfect. I'll be one of those too. No, I'm the Enforcer. Yeah, but I'm going to be an Enforcer too. All right, Larry, let's just do this. How about this? Living Legends. You can also be a living legend, Arn. That's just your nickname, Larry. Well, your nickname's Enforcer. I like that. I want to be Enforcer, too. We are Enforcers. You know what, Larry? (laughs) (laughs) So pretty much instantly, Barry Windham was attacked by Arn and Larry Zabisco. They uh, slammed the car door on his arm. Mm -hmm. Right away, either Dustin or Barry says, Oh, his arm's broken. Or, oh, my arm's broken. <laughs> yeah. So Dustin Rhodes hops in the driver's seat. Barry Windham uh, moves over to the passenger seat. 
they take off for the hospital. Well, yeah, that's what you do in that situation. Back to Jr. and Tony, yeah. and then we get the Chamber of Horrors cage match, and we get to see the Halloween Havoc set. Now, over the years, the Halloween Havoc set became pretty iconic in WCW lore. This was an early version of... When, hold on, when was the first Halloween Havoc? 89. Oh, so it was only two years prior to this. Yeah, this is the third one. One day, we'll have to take a look at the 1989 set. Yes. Because this was a very, very podunk set. Yes, but they had the uh, Halloween Havoc logo already. Yeah, that they already had the place. logo. I kind of feel like Halloween Havoc is going to be a, a pay-per-view that's going to keep giving for us. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, I, I want to keep on going back Any year's Halloween Havoc, and there's good, weird stuff it's, happening. It's always weird, and that's that's what I like the most. So they had, like, a bunch of, you know, like they do, the, the set is kind of like a graveyard where they have all sorts of uh, tombstones lined up and various... I, maybe they took inspiration from the House of Horrors uh, Simpsons oh, where they would be. do, like, what they thought were clever things on yeah, the tombstones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the house, the actual haunted house backdrop thing where people would come out from the front door looked so high, like barely, like I would say middle school produ- play production, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. middle school theater production. Yeah. Looked really bad. And then I like that when, when everybody would come out, you'd see the freaking stagehand who didn't do it. Like it's not like somebody got behind the door and opened it up. There's some guy with a headset on and a fanny pack walks up and closed the door. Let me ask you something. Okay. Does this bother you? Because they had the ramp that went all the way to the apron on the ring. Yeah. And whenever there was a cameraman standing on top of the ramp and you could see it in the background, mm-hmm. that really bothered me because I felt like there was someone running down the ramp to, to join the match. At first. Oh, in the I never know. I never got that effect. Okay. That's interesting. It I could see me. how you would though. Anyways, hey, let me what? ask this though. What do you think about the ramp leading directly to the ring? Oh, I like it. I really like that. I wish they'd do that again. Yeah, me too. That was pretty cool. Um, so the Chamber of Horrors match was a cage match. There were how many coffins in this cage? Four. Oh, I didn't notice that there were any coffins. Oh, yeah, there were because yeah, that's right. There yeah. was oh, I didn't people notice, inside yeah. the coffins that would come out yeah. and attack people. Um, I think there were four, one in each corner. I was so mesmerized by the fact that there was a working electrical chair, electric we'll get chair, that in, a second. in the middle of the room. Um, so the competitors in this Chamber of Horrors match was El Gigante. El Gigante. Uh, who was eventually, uh, after this, I believe, Giant Gonzalez in correct. WWF. Yeah, that's correct. The Steiner Brothers. Yes, correct. One of which was just coming back from an injury. Scott. They said Scott. Yeah. Sting. Sting. Out of place in this match. He was already a big name. Why was he in the Chambers of Horrors, man? I know. Um, and their opponents were Vader. Hold on. Oh, yeah, that's right. This was two teams. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Vader. They, they introduced you never really order. know it until they the finish came around. They, they, when they introduced <laughs> people, I think they did Cactus Jack first, all the faces, and then the rest of the heels. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, heel team, Vader, Diamond Stud, Cactus Jack, and Abdul the Butcher. Nice. So everybody's introduced. They brawl all over the place for a bit. Everybody gets in the cage. They close the door. You notice right away they're they're touting this new technology they have. Referee. Which is the referee with a hockey helmet. The referee. With whatever the 1991 version of a GoPro is. You know what? I was actually, you have to, I was impressed. Yeah, I was too. Because number one, the, the helmet, although it looked goofy as crap on Nick Patrick, it wasn't that big. No. The quality of the image was actually pretty decent. And he had a bunch of cables. You know, like out right, of I know exactly. Trailing behind them. So this was actually kind of an impressive getup. Yeah, I'm sad they didn't bring back the referee cam. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of brawling. The people are on the floor. There's a mess. People are that are in the coffins come out and start attacking people just kind of randomly. And then there's at one point there's some ghouls that walk from the back 
Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah. At first, they they lower the chair of torture, the electric chair. It's an electric chair. But there's even and they can call it what they want. It's obviously an electric chair. And then there's even a switch for the electric. Did chair. Did you notice when they cut to the switch initially, the lever is in the on position? <laughs> Because well, on top it had a sticker that said off, but it was in the opposite direction. Oh, God. That's good. That's great. That's awesome. At least I think so. I would assume that it, it, whatever side was labeled off, yeah. you put the, the lever up to that side or down to that side, and that's what it position is. A couple of highlights from my notes involve uh, one of the Steiners blasting an already bleeding Cactus Jack with a kendo stick. That yeah, kendo broke stick. It, broke it over his head. And it like incinerated. It, like, it was Scott Steiner that did that. Yeah, it shattered. It was great. Did you notice that when they lowered down the chair of torture, everybody seemed confused? <laughs> well, yeah. They had to take a moment to remember the rules. Yeah. What they talk about backstage. Oh, this is how we got to finish this match. Well, yeah, the, the rule, I mean, the person who wins is the one, or the person who loses is the one who gets placed in the chair. Yeah, and electrocuted. And electrocuted. I mean... From what I understand, electric chairs are designed to execute people. That's its only purpose. Yeah. Although, I, I, from what I understand, in the past, there's been some botches on that as well. So, that is true. Yeah. So, not only was Cactus Jack busted open, but Abdul the Butcher was as well. And maybe Sting? I couldn't tell. if Sting definitely had blood on him. I oh, no, tell no. So, here's the deal. Abdullah's or no. who was his own. Sting was bleeding. Okay. And Abdullah was bleeding on him as well. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, read up on Abdullah the Butcher and bleeding and mm-hmm. hepatitis C. It's not good. None of it's read good. Up on it. None of it's good. Um, so yes, this match is a huge mess. Uh, the finish sees uh, Abdullah trying to put Rick Steiner in the chair. He's so close to getting Rick Steiner in the chair, but Rick Steiner reverses it with the most awkward belly-to-belly suplex I've ever seen because he had to belly-to-belly the guy into a chair. 180 degrees into the chair. So he kind of just gently lifted him up and put him in the chair. And, and while the, all this is happening, Cactus Jack is over by the lever to to, yeah. to pull it, to push it up yeah. to the off position, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so someone could get electrocuted. Yeah. So uh, uh, Rick Steiner reverses, straps Abdullah to the chair. Cactus Jack doesn't realize. But he's looking at the chair the whole time. Yeah, I know. He keeps on looking back at it. But the idea was he thinks Rick Steiner's in the yeah. chair turns around to flip the lever, and in that span of time, Rick Steiner has put Abdullah the Butcher in the chair, and Cactus Jack inadvertently electrocutes his own guy. Yes. But not like you said, you can clearly see in the background Cactus Jack staring right at what's happening. So anyways, he electrocutes his own guy, yeah. and it is, it is one of the most gruesome images. Like, in terms of wrestling... It's really snuff filmish. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see pictures online, and the, the the still pictures look even worse. But it's just Abdullah the Butcher sitting in an electric chair because I think don't they strap him down too? Yeah, they strap him down, and he's just doing this stuff. And they do a really there's sparks flying. It looks really good. And then they cut to a shot of a, a piece of something on fire. Yeah, the the, on the ring mat. Yeah, the ring mat had like a couple. And Nick Patrick, God love his soul, starts stomping in all the fires, putting him out. So good for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty gnarly. Um, anyways, uh, the Abdullah Butcher gets uh, electrocuted. Does not die. They um, raise the chamber of horrors. People start to leave, and then Abdullah uh, comes to. Yeah, not dead. He no sells death. Yeah, and he starts attacking Cactus Jack. Yeah, and they get out to the uh, the ramp area. He starts attacking all the ghouls. Yeah, because yeah, at some point these got ghouls. They're just like dudes dressed in white with some like white powder on their faces. They bring out a stretcher. A stretcher, that's right. 
and he starts attacking them. At one point, he sort of stumbles over one that was selling, like he, the dude went down. Abdullah stumbles over him, and for a split second, it looked like he got pissed because he turned around and he starts stomping on that guy. And it, I don't know if it was legit or not, but it looked like he got pissed that he stumbled over. I could be wrong about that. Um, so, anyways, yeah, the, him and uh, him and Cactus go out fighting. I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, cut to the announce team, I believe. Shivani, uh, Jr. is talking. Shivani's cracking up about something in his headset. I don't I know. know what it was. Yeah, they both were a couple times. They were laughing at stuff. And then Jr. and him catch eyes, and Jr. starts to crack yeah. up a little bit too. Yeah, I noticed that too. Uh, after that, we go to uh, Vampire Eric Bischoff and Missy Hyatt backstage, wondering. Who is the Halloween Phantom? Yeah, man. It's wow. the question on everybody's mind. It's a big, big deal. Here. And then they interview the Young Pistols. Yeah, this was Tracy Smothers and Bob Armstrong, I Steve think. Steve Armstrong. Steve Armstrong, one of the Armstrongs. Oh, you didn't know which Armstrong it was. That was Brian. Yeah, <laughs> that is Brian. Exactly correct. Brian James. Um, so, yeah, they're being interviewed. But they didn't actually they didn't fight. No, they were talking about wanting to be tag champions. They wanted point. to be the United States tag champions. Yes. Because back then there was United States tag champions. And world. And world. But the world titles weren't the world tag titles weren't defended. Correct. Next up we did, however, have the creatures. Um I looked up the creatures and I didn't I mean it was names I didn't know. Um they were taking on I love this is my favorite I, I forgot about this name. My favorite name in all of pro wrestling, PN News. What a great name. What a great gimmick. And that dude can old school rap. Yeah. Did you notice yeah. that? That was great. So it's the creatures who are like some lucha looking guys, like some uh, twinning lucha guys. And then he, they took on PN News and Big Josh. Big Josh, of course, was Doink. Oh, really? Yeah, that was uh, Osborne, something Osborne, Matt Osborne, something like that. Anyways, that was Doink. Huh. And, uh, but PN, it was like an oddball. They even made reference to this. They said, this is an oddball tag team. It's like the, what do they call them, the odd couple? Yeah. What was that movie? Was that the odd couple? Yeah. Something like that. Anyways, PN News gets in there. PN News is this giant human, but he's a big hoss dude. Yeah. Um, wearing a bright green outfit, and his gimmick was late 80s. Rapper guy. Yeah. Um, and he was dropping some old school uh, sort of Beastie Boy-esque rapping on people. It was very impressive. Yeah. Big Josh, he looked cool, too. Yeah, he was ripped. He was, he was ripped. When you said uh, he was eventually Doink the Clown, I was taken aback because Doink never looked that muscular. No, if I recall correctly, he had like a big gut. Yeah. Not like a huge one, but like a bigger yeah. one. Um, you know what I really, my favorite Doink moment was when uh, Doink showed up in ECW, but he was like kind of psycho Doink. Uh, Shane Douglas was dropping a promo, and Doink was sort of turned away, and then he turns around, and it's like his makeup was all runny, and like his hair was, it was his hair, so he's like balding, but he like kind of painted it green. Oh, that's cool. It was very dark. It was yeah. very cool. Um, and it was sort of, you know, like a, again, ECW kind of a meta commentary on yeah, the yeah, Doink yeah. Con gimmick. Anyways, I thought it was a pretty decent match. Like in terms of the tag team of Josh and, and PN News, Big Josh and PN News, I was actually kind of impressed. I was like, oh, I yeah. want these guys to win. Yeah, and they did. And they did. PN News dropped his rap splash for the win. Yeah. Which was, I think, his second rope or top rope? Splash. I have here top rope. Top rope? Okay, man, big dude. Um, PN News, by the way, still around. Oh, good. I don't know if he's still wrestling now, but he wrestled in, like, 2012. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's pretty recent. So, good for him. Yeah. Uh, next up was... This was amazing. Beautiful Bobby Eaton, of course. 
I don't know if Bobby Eaton ever had another gimmick besides his beautiful Bobby Eaton. Yeah, I know. Versus Bobby Eaton. He always had the exact same face. Probably the the wrestler you're least likely to determine whether he has win loss or or, or, oh, or yeah, win Bobby loss face. Has the same face. Win face or lost face. Regardless, his face was the same always. Very intense. Um, he was taking on the computerized man of the '90s. Terrence Taylor, part of the York... Of the 1990s. Oh, I'm sorry, of the 1990s, part of the York Foundation, which also had uh, Ricky Morton as Richard Richard Morton. Morton And Thomas Rich. Oh, that's right, Tommy Rich. And I think a couple others. Oh, uh, IRS was in there, too. He was, but when he... I read about on on the York Foundation. He left, and then uh, Terrence Taylor replaced him. Who was Prime York? Uh, Alexander York. Oh, it was just... It was Terry Runnels. Yeah. Okay. And she would carry around an old school laptop. Yeah, that was humongous. And it would, and it had secret info that would strategy. help them strategy during their their matches that Richard Morton used. As did Terrence Taylor. As did Terrence Taylor. So okay, so we've always had the question about Terry Taylor. Why wasn't because he had a great look? Yeah, decent wrestler, yeah, athletic really guy, well. sold really well, had tons of charisma. Why wasn't he a bigger star? I still, I'm still not sure. Yeah, I know, but. One thing I noticed on his Wikipedia page, Wikipedia page, I never really like put two and two together on. He left and came back to the WWF five times. Yeah. Same for WCW. Yeah. He just came back and forth and back and forth and back and forth a lot. Yeah. He never stayed any place long enough to get any sort of momentum going. I don't know. I'm sure those were all. I, I wonder if he regrets any of those moves. If he thought leaving at any particular point was like a bad idea, if he just would have stuck it out. I don't know. I yeah, don't know either. He seems really happy. He's you know a coach at the performance center, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's doing just fine. I'm just curious, you know, why weren't you ever, why, why you know, why the, why all the moves? Yeah. You know, why all the moves? I mean, I understand leaving WWF when he was the Red Rooster. Oh, for sure, yeah. That's an awful gimmick. Was, yeah, no, that was terrible. Terrence Taylor is, kind of, is a cool gimmick. The computerized man of the 1990s, come on, that's great. The, this was so awesome. When he said that, I was like, I'm sorry, what? The computerized man of the 1990s? I know, I had to write that down. Oh, so good. That should have been his gimmick always. I know. Yeah. Um, anyway, actually a really fun match. No, too. I like this match. I like this. You know what? You know, I noticed watching all these WCW pay per views from like late eighties, early nineties has given me such a, a, an appreciation for Bobby Eaton. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he had that match against Two Cold Scorpio, I think, in the last thing we reviewed. Um, but then in this one, he put on a really good show against yeah. Terrence Taylor. Yeah. Um, his Alabama Slam leg drop from the top. Alabama got, Jam. Alabama Jam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but got him the uh, the win. But otherwise, this is a good move. There was, was a good great th- spot. There's a couple cool spots on the ramp where uh, Eaton body slams Taylor on the ramp and then goes to the top rope, hits the top rope knee. Yeah. And then later on, uh, Taylor hits the gut wrench power bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On yeah, the yeah. ramp, both yeah. impressive. But yes, Bobby Eaton picks up the win with Alabama Jam, a top rope Alabama leg drop. Alabama Jam. This was good stuff. Uh, up next, we had the fake Freebirds. I call them fake, man, because come on. It was Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin in, like, 1991. The real Freebirds were, what, Gordy and then the other guy? Uh, Buddy Roberts. Buddy Roberts, maybe. Yeah, it was them. Jimmy Garvin was not part of the Freebirds. I don't like that they then brought him into the Freebirds. Yeah. I mean, it's not real. Um, anyways, uh, Michael Hayes was supposed to be in this match, but uh, he had a bummer. There was supposed to be, like, a tag match, maybe. But then this was just, what was this? Oh, yeah, this was Marco we really have to talk about Johnny B. Bad again? This was early Johnny B. Bad, too. I know. 
bad. It is really bad. It is really bad. Do you notice? Do you notice the thing about uh, Jimmy Garvin though? He was in better shape in 1991 than he was in 1983. Yeah, I noticed that too. He had abs. I know. He had abs and graying hair. I know. I know. He was like too. one of those old bastards at the gym at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, he probably was. Yeah, man. He looked Maybe great. He still is. It could be. It could be. Um, did you see that Jimmy Garvin hip toss when he tossed Mark Merrill out of the ring? Yeah. That was amazing. Good thing the ref wasn't looking because that would have been a disqualification. At his discretion. We don't know. It's true. At his discretion. Good point. I do like when Johnny B. Bad came out, Teddy Long looked really dejected. I'm pretty sure that was in character, but he didn't look happy. He didn't look happy right there. I don't know what the whole backstory there is. Maybe it was a thing, because I know Mark Merrill at that time was supposed to be a, a heel. Maybe Teddy Long was supposed to be a face. I don't know. I don't know either. But maybe the less said, the better. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I like this, though. At one point, uh, Jimmy Garvin started just running the ropes and waited for Mark Merrill to get up. <laughs> when he did, he was still running the ropes and delivered a massive forearm. <laughs> that was rad. Uh, at one point, Garvin hits a DDT. The crowd was calling for the DDT. They were chanting for it. Oh, Several wow. Moments. He hits it, but Teddy Long gets on the apron, distracts Nick Patrick. Yeah. Um, uh, Hold Johnny, on a second. What? Was this real Nick Patrick or fake Nick Patrick? Oh, I don't know. You just have Nick Patrick there. I said he's a mess. Oh, because I think he was distracted a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, while uh, Teddy Long was distracting the ref, Johnny B. Bad uh, gathered himself, mm-hmm. uh, hit Jimmy Garvin with a left hook. Yeah. Got the win. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff here. Um, yeah. It's What's also interesting about Johnny B. Bad is how long he ran with that gimmick. I mean, I think his debut was like only a couple months before this as Johnny B. Bad, and they just kept that train going to like 96. Mm-hmm. He was that for a long time. Man. <laughs> Next, Missy Hyatt interviews Bobby Eaton. Uh, yes. I don't remember what he said. Neither do I. Yeah. But I think he had the same face. Yeah, I think he did too. The whole time. Yeah. Next, a really fun match between Steve Austin and Dustin Rhodes for the television title. Oh, I totally, I totally missed. I, I did not write any notes. Oh, there. really? I think no. You know what? I think because I remember I was like, "Holy crap!" This is like just a, from top to bottom. This is a good match. I had no notes on this because I was like, "You were just watching it." I was actually watching the match. Yeah. No, I remember this was good. Dustin Reynolds, he got, got busted up. Yeah. So, so did Austin. Austin. Oh, that's right. Austin did too. He looked really good. This and is then, for the uh, television title, right? Lady Blossom yeah. slapped Dustin Rhodes while after he had been busted open. Yeah. Um, Blood everywhere, man. Yeah, so uh, apparently for uh, TV title matches, the uh, time limit is 15 minutes. Right. Oh, yeah, it had a great finish. Yeah, yeah. He was trying to, Runnels was trying to, to wrap this up. He was trying to get the finish, so he just kept on pinning and pinning and pinning and pinning. Well, he was trying to do a move to before he would pin. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he was just going for pinfall after pinfall after pinfall. He would try a move. Yeah. And it culminated with him going to the top rope, putting a clothesline off the top. Perfectly timed. Yes. Goes for the pin with like three seconds left. Yeah. Less than that. Um, and right as time expires, the ref's hand is raising up from counting. It was really, really well timed. Yeah, it really was. They did a good job on this. Really fun match. Really fast paced. Yeah, Austin. Austin was polished pretty early, dude. I know he was. He was polished. Although that 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 main of his, dude. That, that I'm glad that he he shorted up a little bit. You know, a little bit after this, mm-hmm. um, because it was out of control. It's pretty incredible. The uh, uh, 
the relative amount of success Austin had pretty quickly after debuting WCW because this was the 91 year he debuted. I know. He was television champion several times. He was U.S. champion. He was tag team champion. And I'm pretty sure he had his pro wrestling debut in like 89. Yeah. It was like in USWA. I want to say it was like 89. It was, he was, he, he, it was really quick. So I feel like we've seen at least three pay-per-views from his tenure in WCW and all those matches, he's either a champion or wrestling for a championship. It's so bizarre that they were just totally cool getting, you know, getting rid of him like that. I know, they've invested so much time in developing him, developing I his character, you know. I don't get it at all, man. I don't get it either. It's so odd. Uh, let's see here. And then, oh, we had a, uh, I don't know if this was before or after that match, we had a great Starcade promo. I was always, it was like when, it was like a little bowl. It was a lethal lottery. Promise. Lethal lottery, yeah, but it was Starcade lethal yeah, lottery. Yeah, And all these little baseball cards of the wrestlers were falling into it, and they would just fade into each other. I love that shit, man. God, I can I cannot get enough of that stuff. I always was telling Lacey this this morning, because I was watching this morning. I was like, I always, whenever I watch these, I wasn't watching wrestling then. I always just get so nostalgic for the 90s when I watch this stuff. Yeah. You know, it just reminds me of that shit. Anyways. Next. Oz. Oh, this is great. Kevin Nash, who looked so much more engaged Coming down that ramp as Oz, making probably crap money than he ever did. Also, two thousand. Why is Oz? I assume he's supposed to be a wizard. Correct. Why is he so angry? Well, he was very wide-eyed. Well, did, you, did you take that as, as angry? Near. Oh yeah. Wasn't his face like this? Well, he's a wizard. I assume from like um, uh, Oz. Is that what he was actually supposed to be? Well, his name is Oz. Who's the dude from the round table? Oh, Merlin was that guy. Yeah, he wasn't Merlin. He was Oz. But Oz was a little guy behind the curtains. The Wizard of Oz. Oz was the place. Yes. I don't really know that. I don't really know that gimmick. He's a wizard. I just figured that... Because the Wizard of Oz wasn't a real wizard. No. He was just a guy. Yeah. Little guy. Well, neither is Kevin Nash. He's not a real wizard either. That's a good point. So I don't know. I don't know what time period this character is supposed to be from. Is he a modern day wizard? I feel like that's more of a Harry Potter type thing. Yes. They wear contemporary clothes. Yes. I don't know, man. It's very confusing, though. He did look very into it, though, and he did not look very into it 2000. No. When he was uh, with Just the natural born throw. Short nine years later. Probably felt like an eternity from probably 99 did. to 2000. Anyways, can we talk about Bill Cashmere, please? Yeah, man. He came out carrying the earth. Quite literally a man coming out with the world on his shoulders. Yeah. He had a giant globe yeah. on his shoulders. I thought this was amazing. It was pretty cool. They were touting him as the strongest man in the world or something like that. Yeah, they were. Although now that I think about it, I'm not sure exactly, metaphorically speaking, why he has the world on his back, if that's the case. I mean, I guess that kind of that's a loose metaphor there. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyway, that is dark. I thought it would be like he comes out, man, Bill Kazmir, the most stressed out man in the world. Kazmir. 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 Because he's got the world on his shoulders, man. Usually that's somebody. The weight of the world on his shoulders. Yeah, he got no. the weight of the world on his shoulders, man. So I tell you every day. Yeah. Uh, this wasn't much of a match. Uh, Bill Kazmir won with a torture rack. Won with a torture rack before it was called a torture rack. No, they said it was a torture rack. Oh, did they? Yeah, they actually said... Oh, shit, it, I thought it was Okay. No, they actually said... Uh, they actually mentioned Lex Luger, too. Oh, so he was already doing that. Okay. Yep. Nice. Good for Lex. Next, Van Hammer. I didn't know he was around WCW back then. Oh, yeah. He's endless. Yeah, he was a heavy metal guy. Yeah. Took on Doug Summers, who looked like he was at least 50 years old. Uh, Doug Summers, I think he's the most Steve... Like, if I were to get in the ring today, yeah. I said Lace. I was like, you know Dude. who Doug Summers is? He's Earl Smothers. 
<laughs> no, man. Doug Summers ain't winning nothing. Not in this match. This is a squash match. Well, let's talk about Van Hammer for a second, though, right? All right. So he comes out, and what is his gimmick? He's a heavy metal guy. Right. And yet, they have construction workers with jackhammers that came out with him as part of his entrance. That's heavy metal, man. Explain. Well, you know, you're building uh, like a, a skyscraper. Okay. What is it made out of? Uh, steel. Metal. Yeah. Okay. You think they're light? No, they're heavy. heavy okay. Metal. That's a good point. Again, these guys were men with jackhammers. Loud. Usually. Usually. Uh, noisy. But what does that have to do with drilling? Fast into, rhythms. Drilling into the street? Fast rhythms. Yeah, okay. Um, the head of jackhammers are made from what? Metal. Metal. <laughs> are jackhammers light? No, they're what heavy. are they? They're heavy, <laughs> heavy metal. They're heavy. Okay, all right, fair enough. You 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 got me on board. Uh, yeah, Doug Summers came out wearing blue underwear. He wasn't. This wasn't like good quality. He wasn't, and he wasn't wearing anything underneath either. No, it was just there was like a thin layer of cloth. Oh, look, between. he was forty years old when this match happened. That's how old I'm going to be soon. See, this could be me. Could be. I could have been jobbing to Van Hammer in 1991. Maybe I'll go back in time one yeah. day. Yeah. Um, the finish saw Van Hammer uh, do a slingshot suplex on Doug Summers. It like I dropped him around his head. <laughs> he did. He totally did. You know what Van Hammer reminded me of, though? Beef Supreme, not from my WCW, but from... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Idiocracy. Idiocracy, yeah. yeah. Totally. It was great. Anyways, uh, next up, we had... <laughs> yeah, again... Uh, a Brian Pillman promo. Very impassioned promo. Yeah, it was very sincere Brian Pillman. He was like, just two years ago, I wasn't doing anything. But now I'm here, and I'm going to win this for the fans because they're still behind me. And then cut to five years later, him with a gun. <laughs> Come a long way, Brian Pillman. Yep. Anyways. Uh, next up, we had a Richard Morton promo. Yeah, with uh, Alexander York. Ricky, Ricky Morton, man. He was the exact same too. I'd figure that they would like you know doll him up and like like Terrence Taylor. Like he got the, he had like a suit on. Yeah, he was like he looked a little different. Ricky Morton just looked like Ricky Morton. Yeah, no, so that was kind of weird. Um, so they had a match and it was to determine the very first, at least for the time, WCW Cruiserweight Champion. Correct? Yeah, a little tiny belt. Was Ricky Morton actually a light heavyweight? He was listed at two hundred. I don't know, like two hundred forty pounds. Really. They said the uh, the weight limit for a cruiserweight during this was 236. That's what they said, man. Are you serious? Yep. That is a very loose... That's a large cruiserweight. That's a big cruiserweight. Ricky Morton's only 5'11". I wonder how far he could have gone if he was like 6'3". Okay, 227, so, okay. Well, now he's 227. So back then he was probably 217? Yeah. Which is a good 20 pounds underneath that cruiserweight yep. limit. Yep. <laughs> Other cruiserweights of note, Arn Anderson, El Gigante, PN News. Uh, <laughs> once again, the uh, the GoPro cam came back. The referee, Big Boss Man, came in specifically to bolster the light heavyweight division. The Guardian Angel, light the Guardian Angel, light Guardian, heavyweight. yeah, light heavyweight cruiserweight. Um, was it light heavyweight or cruiserweight? It was light heavyweight. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. That makes sense, I guess. Um, Nick Patrick had the GoPro helmet on again. Yeah, he did for this match. Decent match, fast pace. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that. So it's kind of crazy. So this was this was again Terry Runnels as Alexandria York. Alexandria York. Yeah, had the uh, the the laptop, 
And in this, it was a bit more because she would like she would barely crack it open, and he would kind of look in there and then be like, "Okay." Here's the it. thing: the mouse she cracked it open. I don't think the screen saver. I don't think. It, <laughs> I don't think it did either. I'm not even sure that computer is actually on. Um, but uh, I like that they they actually made a Jushin Liger reference during the match. They said, "Oh, he's got it." You know, I'm sure he's paying close attention to this match. And I was thinking to myself, "Man." Jushin Liger is still wrestling today. And I thought, man. So is Ricky Morton. Ricky Morton's still wrestling today. That's crazy. Those old bastards. Anyways. Yes. Um, uh, Pillman wins with the top rope cross body block. Yeah, look good. Yeah. He was good, man. Yeah, he was ahead of his time. Ahead of his time. Next, Z-Man. The Tom Zank, the Z-Man coming out. He had kind of a Finn Balor entrance when the camera was... Like, on the ramp, looking towards the ring, and he was kind of in medium oh, close-up. Oh, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Kind of looked good. Nobody was doing this for him, though. No. Uh, he took on the WCW Halloween Phantom. It took one look. One close-up of the Halloween one Phantom. One medium close-up on the you Halloween Phantom. exactly who it was. They were like, Especially when you saw him finish the match with an obvious rude awakening. <laughs> they were like, who is that man? Oh, you can see his mustache. I'm like, yeah, you could also see his very Rick Rude eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, that mask didn't cover up a whole lot. It was very Rick Rude, and I'm sorry, nobody's built like that but Rick Rude. I know. That dude is chiseled. Yep. Anyway, I mean, weren't people in the front row being like, hey, Rick. Hey, Rick. Hey, Rick. Hey, Rick. It was like a 30-second match. It was a squash match. Yeah, it was. It was great. I love squash matches. Um, After that, the Patriots, Todd Champion and Firebreaker Chip. Yeah, there is a. It was a. I think it was like supposed to be an army guy and a firefighter. And a firefighter. Yeah. Yeah. So they're patriots. Took That's on good. the enforcers. We had talked about them. Arn Anderson, Larry Zabisco for the United Arn? States Tag Team Championships. He did the thing. I don't remember him doing that. I don't either. Yeah, but he did that. He did, he did it very slow and bruised. Like uh, a little young Chris Benoit back there looking at him. I got to say, Arn and Larry make a pretty cool tag team. Larry's a terrible wrestler. Yeah, he's not very good. He's not very good. He 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 wrestles. He, look, here's the thing. Larry Zabisco was not out of shape, but he wrestled like he was. He stumbled around. He was awfully confused. Arn is great. Arn mm-hmm. is probably the best tag team wrestler in history. He's fantastic. He always looked like he was 49, though. Yeah. He looked the exact same as he does now. Um, at one point, the fireman, I think. Firebreaker Chip. <laughs> I think that was Chip. Had a, Definitely Chip. He had uh, Larry in like a like a uh, a hold of some sort, and Larry looked thoroughly confused as to what was going on. He was like looking around, like where are these arms coming from? <laughs> Which it's so weird that Larry Zabisco was the protege of Bruno Sammartino, probably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Evidently, he's not one of the greatest teachers of all time because Larry Zabisco was not impressive. No, and he was old. He should have been like like you're supposed to get better with age. Well, to a point. Well, for what he's doing, I'm not saying that, you know, as you get older, you get more athletic. I'm just saying you shouldn't look so confused in the ring when you're that old. Yeah, I know. You know, unless maybe that was a gimmick. You know, the mind started to go. Could be, but I, Arn and Larry, they look cool together, I thought. <laughs> that's okay. That's good. I'm I thought they look cool together. That's good. I thought they made a good pair. They're the same size. Did they, let me ask this, did they look cooler than Arn and Paul Roma? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think, you think so. so. I think so. What about Arn and uh, Tully Blanchard? No. 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 Okay. Who else is Arn and Tully Blanchard? Who uh, else What about, how about this? Arn and Oli. Arn and Oli. They were cooler. Here's the thing about Arn and Oli. I've said this before, for those who haven't heard this. Arn, Oli looks like a Arn 
but with less pixels. Mm-hmm. A low-res version. He looks like a low-res version of Arn. It's like Arn is 1080, and then Oli is like 360 mm-hmm. or 640. How do they refer to it? 360 or 640? I forget. 360. 360. But, yeah, I didn't. I wasn't into it. Really? Yeah, not really. Well, I thought they fit well as a tag team. Together. That's cool. I mean, it's just a matter of taste. Yeah, I mean, Larry's not a good wrestler. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> But just when they were walking to the ring and staying in the you corner, stuff, you I was like, it. okay, I can feel, I'm feeling this. The living legend. Living and legend the and the enforcer. And as we said earlier, Zabisco says, I want to be enforcer too. I want to be one of those. Yeah. Okay. So we're enforcers. Yeah. This is pretty cool. I think anybody standing next to Arn, though, you look cool. I think that's the thing. He makes you look cool. I think that's the thing. Yeah, man. Even these days, like, you know, you see fan pictures with him, and he's completely into the four, throwing up the four yeah, horsemen man. thing, you know? He's the most. See, horseman. because outside of this tag team, for the most part, I don't care for Larry Zabisco. He's not a good commentator. Right. He's not a good wrestler. No. But next to Arn, yeah. I was buying it. There so you go. Arn is key. I like it, man. I like no, I like what you're saying there. It's good. Um and we got to see, of course, uh the spine buster. Yeah. That finished off the match. Yeah, Arn spine buster is best spine buster. Oh, it really is. It's, it's fantastic. A beautiful spine buster. Next up we had uh, Eric Bischoff bringing in Paul Heyman, who hadn't been seen apparently for a couple weeks. He was suspended. He said that the, the, the higher-ups at WCW had said, we don't want your business here. You're too edgy. You're too edgy. Turns out that's true. Yes. Um, however, he was there to reveal. He says, I'm going to essentially like tear down WCW from the inside, and I'm going to start with Sting, the U.S. champion. Well, this was the beginnings, correct, of yep. the Dangerous Alliance. Yep, this, this was, was step one. The very first step, because out right. comes the Halloween Phantom. Yeah. Whose mask, I think, even looks less... There, yeah, and Rude cannot wait to get that thing off because <laughs> the strap was in, his, was in his mouth. I know. He was like, as soon as he comes out and and Paulie starts talking here, he has his his finger under there, and, and as soon as like, okay, is it convenient for me to reveal myself now? All right, hi, I'm Rick Rude. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Surprise, everybody! Did I make it that obvious? Like, give him a. Fu- I wonder if he vetoed a full face mask. He was like, I'm not doing that. It makes me claustrophobic. Okay, here you go. Here's one. Your eyes are exposed. Your mouth is exposed. Your nose is exposed. And he's like, well, this might be too much, but okay. <laughs> They're like, Rick, everybody can see who you are. Nah. Hmm. <laughs> Look, man, this isn't WWF. <laughs> not much of a phantom, man, am I? <laughs> Anyways, Rick Rude drops a promo. He's going after Sting. And I looked into it, and pretty soon after this, he beat Sting for the U.S. title. Yeah, man. And then he won the WCW International title, which was the new big gold belt. Yeah. Yeah, and that didn't last very long. No. So um, after that, our main event, Lex Luger. Yeah, man. The WCW champion mm-hmm. taking on Ron Simmons. Lex Luger really is Earl Smothers. That's who That's who Earl Smothers. He's Lex Luger. He won when he had a pile driver. Oh, I know. I just said Doug Summers because Doug Summers actually looks a little bit like Earl Smith. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. That's why sure. I brought it up. Yeah. But this was a two out of three falls match. I like when Luger came out because there was like giant, all of a sudden there were giant Luger like standing his letters. letters had appeared on the set. Behind the tombstones. Right, exactly. And he came out with Harley Race, whereas Ron Simmons came out with Duff the Roll. He was there with the coaches for them. And uh, 
Yeah, Ron Simmons is cool. Yeah, he, he was. was rad. Uh, Luger gasped early. Yes. Yeah. Sweating profusely. Sweating profusely. I was like, dude, it's been like seven minutes, and he hasn't really done much, but he's sweating like a hog. Anyways, this is a fairly plotting match. I mean, Ron Simmons was really, really good. I like him. Yeah, they. Uh, it was. It, he won the first fall uh, with a spine buster, and so you had ten minutes of the match where there's actually a decent amount of drama whether Ron would uh, get the belt off Luger. Yeah, I felt like uh, uh, Luger was. So when I've seen Luger before, like Luger in '89, before he had the WCW title. He seemed very motivated. Maybe it was a contract year or something. But if you watch his promos in like '89, and it, even his matches, he was like super motivated. Was he as bulky then as he was in '91 and onward? Oh, I don't know. Eh, that's a good point. I'm not sure. I couldn't. I don't maybe think he, so. Okay, maybe he was just a little bit quicker back then. Maybe. I mean, look at Luger there in the one where he's got the goofy open fa- open yeah, mouth. Yeah, he's still pretty muscular. He's muscular, but I think he's not as he's not like ridiculous. Because like here. He's yeah. definitely slimmer. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm talking about right So, there. yeah. Interesting. I mean, that has something to do with it. Maybe he's just carrying too much weight. That could be. So oh, no. it, it took away some of his explosiveness. That could be. I still I still like to think that, like, on like the three contract years that he ever had, that's when he was, like, motivated. He really kicked it up into a next year. Yeah, he was like, hey, this is what I can do. Luger, we know you what you do do. Though. We know what the norm is. <laughs> we know the bar you set for yourself, pal. Just because you exceed it for six months when your contract's up doesn't erase everything else. I still, I'm curious to know, like, what he ended up signing for in WCW when Bischoff said he low, low-balled him. He low-balled him to, like, the extreme. I thought we heard an actual percentage. Wasn't like, <laughs> number. I don't want to throw a number and have it be wrong. So I'm not oh, gonna man. We should, not, we should add him where. Yeah, we should. So the second fall happened when uh, Ron Simmons... Um, Threw Luger over the top rope, but it's, it was pretty. Uh, I don't think that was his intention. Yeah, wasn't like Luger running towards him or yeah, something, yeah, and he just sort of dodged like, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he like used his own momentum to get him out of here. Yeah. And then the ref, at the ref's discretion, said, "This is Nick Patrick." Said, "DQ Luger wins that fall." Yep. So Luger really didn't win anything. He just got launched out of the ring. Yeah. Yeah. He just couldn't stop himself. While he was outside the ring, uh, he bladed himself. Yes. And apparently it looked like somewhere up here. Yeah. <laughs> you pointed this out when you got back in the ring and you said, did he did he blade on his temple? <laughs> it kind of looked he was like bleeding he, from right here. Yeah. It looked like he was bleeding right and here. So he gets back in the ring, goes in the corner and looks like he's actually stumbling <laughs> around like he's... He could be losing consciousness because <laughs> there's like a thing right here. Yeah, yeah. you do right. That's bad. Yeah, you don't want to break right up here. There's a pretty. You, you put your finger right here, Luger. There's a pulse there, you right? You can feel your pulse right here. There's a major vein right there. He gets probably. back in. He's bleeding profusely. There's somewhere. Oh no, we have an Eddie Guerrero JBL situation on our hands right now. Anyways, oh, I, I do. I also noticed this too. When Luger comes out, the camera. Let's us know that he's a heel because there's two people in the crowd with Luger pictures of Luger with the red with a no sign with through a it. no sign through it the red cross out of him on his face. Yep, anti Luger crowd. Anyways, um, I like also when they went to the corners, the camera guys would get and you hear does say, "Listen, baby, this is what you got to do. You need to get on offense, okay? Because if you want defense, you could you could wrestle for four hours and you're not going to win nothing. But if you want offense, then you could you could pick up this last foul. Um, that advice did not work. No. Lex Luger went over with his attitude adjustment. 
A pile driver. It was just a pile driver. That's with what he called it. Apparently some extra Luger stank on it. Um, so that, yeah, that fell to Ron Simmons. Yeah. And Luger retained. About a year later, Ron Simmons would finally win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Beat Vader for it. Yep. So, um, yeah, interesting interesting glimpse into the past. Yeah. There. So, uh, yeah. So what's up next? Next week, uh, the poll is already up on Patreon. It's already been voted on. Uh, I think we can call it right now. But the nominees were Slambury 2000. This is, of course, when David Arquette defended oh, his oh, WCW dear. World Heavyweight Championship oh, dear. against Diamond Dallas Page and Jeff Jarrett in a ready to rumble triple cage match. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> also nominated was the Wrestling Classic, mm-hmm. the uh, one night single elimination tournament. We're waiting on that one forever. Second WWF pay per view ever. Yeah. Lastly, and the win. Oh, I should hold off and say what the winner is. Oh, okay. And what's lastly, though? Lastly, Armageddon 2004. Yeah. I mean, Kurt Angle wrestled Santa Claus during this show. How can you beat that? You can't. Because the winner is. Armageddon 2004. Good job. Choose wise. You chose wisely. Correct. Yeah. Um, well, that was fun. So yeah, that's good. Watch Armageddon 2004. Check it out. You'll enjoy it. The next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that. And find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.